Breakups are often the symptom of problems in a relationship. My workbook series, The Knowledge, is focused on helping you change your life in four key areas. Retaining the information that I teach, personal growth, improving your relationships, and of course, reattracting your ex. Available now at AskCraig.net. Hi there, I'm Coach Craig Kenneth. I'm Coach Margaret. And today, we're gonna to be talking about attachment styles and communication. And this is a really important topic because understanding that people that have different attachment styles will communicate differently. Yes. It's a better way of understanding how your partner is and how you are in a relationship. That's right. Okay? So Margaret is gonna go over these with us today and I think you guys are gonna find this very helpful. All right, now we all know that the best, most wonderful kind of attachment to have, if we're lucky enough, is a secure attachment. Yes. And that means that we're not really worried about being abandoned and we're not afraid to get hurt in relationships. So we're not anxious and we're not avoided. Mm -hmm. We're secure. We, at, at least more reasonably. More reasonably secure. There's nothing perfect in this world and no parenting is ever perfect, mm -hmm. but there can be a huge variation. Mm -hmm. Okay, but if you're reasonably securely attached, if you had good enough interactions with your parents, then you come out with a pretty secure attachment and you enjoy good self-esteem, you're not anxious about being in relationships. And here's the important thing I wanted to get at. What's repeatedly in the literature is that you will not have a hard time communicating with your partner about attachment issues if you're securely attached. Okay. okay? It will be easier for you to put words to your feelings and convey it to your partner. It'll be easier for you to communicate your feelings. Yeah. Okay. If you're securely attached. Mm -hmm. And that makes a lot of sense to me. Doesn't it? Yeah, because you're not, you know, afraid somebody's going to say, oh my God, I'm leaving you. I don't like the big words right. you just used. That's right. All right. Anxious. Now we know that anxious people are perpetually vigilant and a new term for you, rejection sensitive. I think rejection sensitive. sensitive. I like that. I like, don't you like it? Yeah. Always worried about being rejected. Um, you know, is he, is he or her talking to anybody else? Um, and they can feel very, very anxious in a relationship and re often rely heavily on their partner to validate how they feel about themselves. Okay. Mm -hmm. And it's also frequently mentioned that these folks anticipate rejection and abandonment and find it very difficult to communicate about their emotions with words mm -hmm. because they're afraid they're going to rock the boat, they're going to say the wrong thing, and, you know, unless we know somebody really well, we don't know what that means to them. What yeah. happened when they were little, you know, if they, if they got anxious. So, they're going to have a harder time communicating with words than those secure people. All right? Yes. And now we know that there are avoidant folks. These are adults uh, who avoid attachments and have difficulty with intimacy mm -hmm. and don't feel safe about relationships and don't invest a whole lot of emotion or at least don't tell you that they do. Mm -hmm. um, and they may look like they're not so distressed if there's a breakup but they really are underneath. Mm -hmm. And they're going to have the most difficult time putting words to emotions. Yeah. Okay, so... Because they, they've struggled 
right. more severely. More severely. Right? right. Because we are all wired to attach. That's so right. think about what it would take to shut off a part of yourself that is ingrained in you. Good point, Greg. Right? It's yes. You know, it's like oh it's like a biological function. Right. And it's like saying, you know, because relationships, a big component of it is to keep you safe. Right. Right? The bond you have with your caregivers is essentially to keep you keep safe. You safe. Right? So think about what must have happened in somebody's life that the very thing that's supposed to make you feel safe feels dangerous. Right? That's a lot. Okay? Because that is the very thing, the very fundamental of how human beings feel safe is our relationships. Yes. And that that is shut off and now you're saying, nope, these are not safe, they're dangerous, I don't like them, I'm not going to do it. I'm walking on eggshells if I'm anxious and I might be afraid of getting in trouble if I'm avoidant. Mm -hmm. um, relationships have not been safe for me. Yeah. And when you hear some people's life stories of how volatile their parents might have been and how crazy things could get, you can understand where it comes from. Yeah. But here's what I decided. These secure people have it all, right? Um, they have nice relationships and good self-esteem and it's much easier for them. And that's no fair because none of us chooses the family we're born into. Okay? If we're lucky, we're born into people who can provide us with a good enough environment for us to be on the secure side of all this. Yeah. But if we don't, it's not our fault. No. And I've recently, in this past week or so, heard people kind of beating themselves up for their attachment style. And you can't do that. You didn't buy it at the store. You didn't pick it out. Yeah. Um, you know, it came upon you. But there are many things you can do once you're a grown-up to change your attachment style. Right. And we're going to be talking about that in the future. Um, so don't beat yourself up for that. The important thing is to learn about it and learn what to do with it. Absolutely. Okay, okay so, but I want to... Awareness is key. Yeah, and, awareness is key. And as you can see, when I, I teach these things, and Margaret teaches these things for you guys, you start to wrap your head around the problem and see things more clearly. Right. And when you start to hear it over and over again, you start to think, oh, wow, I did do that. Mm -hmm. Or they did do that. Mm -hmm. do that. Mm -hmm. Um, yes, things make sense. Uh, so, suppose you decide you may be anxious or avoidant, but you, wanted, you want relationships, so what are you going to do to work on it? So you even learn that to have relationships, you're going to have to communicate with words. Yes. Okay? You don't have any because you've never heard them, or you've never heard it done. Or you've been too afraid to do it. Uh, yeah. Maybe you made attempts when you were little. Right. And you were shut down, said your feelings didn't matter. And I've heard that many, many times, and it's always startling to hear it, you know. I told my mother I was hungry, she knocked me across the room. Now that's an extreme. Um, or I said I wanted to go outside, and they told me I was selfish and I shouldn't bother grown-ups for stuff I wanted. People hear all kinds of things that discourage them from communicating or from asking for what they need. Yeah. Um, and there are... A, there are articles on communication galore. If you look up communication on the computer, you will be overwhelmed by the response. I found out quickly when I did that. Um, but they all tell us how important communication is. Well, if I don't have the words that I'm not used to, what use is that? Um, and then they tell us what not to do. For example, if you're having a fight with your partner, avoid the words always and never. Mm -hmm. We already knew that. You never take out the trash. I always do it. See? I told you. <laughs> okay. Um, 
if you're having a fight, okay, um, don't bring up issues from the past. Okay, so I can't use always and never, and I can't bring up issues from the past. That doesn't tell me what to do. Mm -hmm. So how do I and know? And if you did bring up an issue from the past, at least try and articulate in a way where you can say, here's the pattern, you keep doing these things. If you notice, I, did, I asked you on this day, this day, and this yeah. day, in a way where you're kind of maybe focusing on the actual behavior and not an attack on their character, at least. Well, here's the next two common, common suggestions that they give you. Don't start sentences with, you never take out the garbage. Okay? What you can say, or you never talk to me when you come home from work. Use I statements. I, right. I have asked you to take out the garbage, and you have. And then other times when I remind you, you get really mad. Mm -hmm. Okay? I do. I get so mad. I know you do. You say some naughty words sometimes, too, that I wouldn't even repeat. Um, I don't know, Margaret. People have heard you curse on here. <laughs> yes, they have. <laughs> and they liked it. <laughs> uh, when you come home from work, you never talk to me. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, what's the person trying to say? You never talk to me when you come home from work. What am I trying to tell you? Uh, when you come home from work, I want to connect with you. Yes. And I feel like I want right. to get in touch with you. you. I want to yes. engage with you. I, I miss you. you. Yeah. Um, so even sometimes if we say it wrong, you never talk to me when you come home from work, the meaning can be deciphered, oh, I see, you want me to talk to you when I come home from work, all mm -hmm. right. And if you don't li like that, then tell them to give you a half hour, Yeah. you know, to calm down or whatever works. Let me take a shower first, let me change, let yeah. me relax, yeah. let me eat dinner, then we'll talk. Um, Some people need to unwind a little yeah, bit. Yeah, absolutely, and kind of separate from what they, I have days like that, I don't want to hear the television telling me anything especially the bad news of the day. And one of the most important parts of, of communicating is listening. Really listen to what your partner says. Don't judge it as stupid or silly too quickly. And just listen. And here are some of the tricks they teach you in counseling school. You say things like, uh-huh, that's a big one. They tease us, in fact. I've had people say, well, you, work, you went to work all day. What did you do? Sit behind a desk saying, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, but it took me a long time to know when to say, uh-huh. <laughs> All right. Um, I hear you saying that you'd like me to talk to you after work. Check out um, what you think you heard. Um, let me be sure I got this right. I think what you wanted, I think what you meant to tell me was, and you can always do those things, and when in doubt, uh-huh, is always a good fallback. All uh -huh. right? Did I say I wanted to talk to you? Uh-huh. <laughs> I think what I heard you say is you did want to talk to me. That was then. This is now. Um, okay. Um, always be curious. And that was a word. That's a word that we like. Curious. Always be curious about what's going on in each other's lives. It's good to be curious. Not nosy, but curious. Yeah. There's a Understanding where your partner's coming from okay. and why they feel the way they do. Now, I'm going to run through some really basic communication stuff for the day. Good morning is a start. Did you sleep well is good. Mm -hmm. Are you having Fruit Loops or Count Chocula for breakfast? Both. Yes. Oh, God, you'll have a sugar high for the rest of the day. Um, what happened to you at work at today? Mm -hmm. um, I did not sleep well. My mother already called three times and wants stuff. I hope you have a good day and don't punch the obnoxious guy at work. There are all kinds of things, I'm being silly, but there are all kinds of things you can communicate about mm -hmm. and talk to each other. 
Uh, you don't have to sit in silence for fear you're going to rock the boat. Yeah. Okay? So silly though that may be. What I'm saying is talk about anything. Yeah. Just and, talk. And once you start to understand your attachment style a little bit better, you'll understand maybe why you communicate the way that you do and the way your partner does the way that they do. And that maybe they can't communicate as openly as you can. Right. Maybe it's not that they don't love you. It's just that putting those things into words isn't easy for them. And if you just get upset and angry and lash out at them, it's not going to make them want to open no. up or feel safe no. to communicate no. more. And I have seen the look on people's faces sometimes when I have suggested even the most basic verbal communication. And it's terror. Yep. People really being afraid that something bad will happen. And of course that's going to make you anxious, and of course that's going to make you a little bit avoidant of relationships. Are these safe? Yeah. Yeah, you know. Patience is key. Yes, patience is patience key. Patience is key because what I have found oftentimes is that your partner is likely the opposite attachment style that you are. So if you're anxious, they're avoidant. If you're avoidant, they're anxious. Right. And so you see their way of doing things as a bad thing. But when you can get to a place where you see it as, hey, that's okay, that's who they are, as opposed to trying to force your way of doing things onto them, and you get more understanding, right. you become almost more whole together, as, a, as you know, like the right. yin and the yang. Right. I really like that. Yeah. And it's safe to communicate with me. I'm not going to get mad at you. Mm -hmm. Or it's safe if you're not ready to communicate yet. Yeah. Sure. You gotta let th those of you that are anxious have to let your avoidant partner know that it's safe if they're not feeling like talking and right now. And be really aware that if they try it, it has to work out. You gotta you gotta provide. You'll love this phrase: a corrective emotional experience. So if they do try communicating with you, Margaret's throwing those big words yeah, out there. A corrective, corrective emotional, emotional experience. experience. What's that? Um, it means that you're going to do the opposite of what happened in your family of origin. That's exactly <laughs> what it means. So if when you said good morning mom she said oh shut up you little brat um, and you say good morning to me and I say hello I'm looking forward to another day with you mm -hmm. um, it's going to be a totally different experience mm -hmm. okay and one way that people have those is with their kids mm -hmm. yes that's true that's true yeah kids will give you a genuine loving response mm -hmm. yeah and yeah. so sometimes it, for those of you that do have kids you're able to correct those things that you had with your family yes. that were annoying or frustrating right. or made right. you unhappy or you with don't your want own to children. repeat or you just plain don't want to repeat yeah, yeah. a lot yeah. of people will say that and live yeah. like that I don't want to be like my dad right I don't want to be like my dad but unless you give it some thought you will be yeah, yeah. what do you want to be like right. then what do you, you have to think like? about focus on what you do want to be like and again just for your for your reference um, there's a little basic emotional assessment I saw on the computer while I was looking around for things about this and it's a very simple little scale and it gives you the four basic emotions how is your happiness today Craig on a scale of one to five I suppose it's about an eight well that's very good I'm I glad I said hello to you when you came in yeah. how's your sadness today on a scale of one to five? Oh my oh wait I, I was one to five and I gave you an eight yes <laughs> That's why I said I'm glad you're happy today. I guess I wasn't listening. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, right? Um, how's your happiness? How's your sadness? Mm -hmm. Are you angry about anything today? Um, and the remaining emotion is fear or anxiety. So happy, sad, mad, or scared. Those are the options. 
And when you're thinking about communicating things, there's a very easy little scenario for you, those, those four emotions. Mm -hmm. now, or pay attention for those things. You may not feel comfortable saying, how's your happiness no, level on the scale of I 1 know. to 5? Uh, but, you know, at least you want to... <laughs> Margaret, everybody takes us literally in everything. So I we know. have to be careful that we got to sometimes All right. make sure they know. On a scale of 1 to 5, how is your anger today? Hmm. You don't think that'll fly, huh? Uh, if they're if, if if they're mad, they'll give you a number. Real they'll quick. let you know. Yeah, a <laughs> hundred. Stupid. Yeah. Um, but just in terms of communicating, think about that. And when you look at your partner, which I hope you do every day, and say, "How is this person doing today?" You can say, "Wow, you look worried today, or you look kind of not in a good mood today. Mm -hmm. What can I do to help?" Are you stressed out about yeah. that interview? Yeah. Are you worried yeah. about the yeah. the car problem? Yeah. You know? Now, it would certainly produce some humor if you took out your little piece of paper and says, and by the way, how's your anxiety quotient today? <laughs> Although I'm I, here to give you a corrective emotional experience. I wouldn't pull that out if they're really angry on that scale. <laughs> I wouldn't either. Because they might wind up hitting you and beating you with right. it. But we're saying talk to each other any way you can find to do it. Mm -hmm. Okay? And of course, I want to say this because last time I said... I. I Felt like I heard this question a lot. How are we supposed to do this when we're in no contact? All right. You're we're not talking about no contact. For anybody that's about to ask that question, we're talking about if you're in communication with somebody with, this is how we're helping you, guide you, and prepare you to being in a relationship. And get, get you ready, right, for that contact that you want so much. Either with an ex or when you start dating right. other people, whatever it may be. And what do you mean you can't do two things at the same time? You can't be in no contact and contact all at once? I don't oh. understand this. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Someone, someone's going to ask the question. Uh-huh. Maybe they won't now that I called them out. Mm-hmm. All right. So, uh, hopefully you found that helpful. And when you want to get our help personally, you could just go to my website, AskCraig.net. Sign up for the coaching option that works best for you. I do email coaching. I do Skype coaching. If you got to get with me right away, I do offer emergency Skype coaching. Margaret is available I'm for available. Skype coaching. Yes, feel free to contact me. And if you want to give your partner a laugh, tell them they can watch Coach Margaret telling you how to talk to each other. That ought to do it. And pull out the little scale. Yes. Maybe I should take a picture of it for my Twitter. <laughs> I yes, think you I'll should. Do okay. All right. I, on Twitter, just do a search for Ask Craig Kenneth on Twitter and you can add me on there. I put all fun things up there. Sometimes I put little comments or jokes or just little things that I can't put in a video with you guys. Oh, I have to think about that. I'll have many contributions to make, mm -hmm. including my little scale. Here. I'll put that on there. Okay. All right. So that's it for this video. I'm Coach Craig Kenneth. I'm Coach Margaret. And we will talk with you soon. I'm Craig Kenneth, a relationship coach and a psychotherapist. Every relationship is different and every breakup is different. Work with me and you'll get professional help on your situation. Just click on the link in the description below or go to my website, AskCraig.net.